we're all protecting you. We have we all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We're not dressed for this. I don't so don't ever bring you guys around me. Let me tell you something. the only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with Armin to talk about our New York ladies on the night before the finale night, the episode before the finale episode. Armin, what did you think about the episode this week? I mean, I'm always happy with our ladies, so I thought it was fantastic. It was a whole lot of fun, Eddie. I think New York never disappoints. It may not... ever have been the most substantial in drama even though we had the big Elise moment because I think outside Mm -hmm. of the Elise Ramona confrontation it was just like a lot of fun and hanging out and chit-chatting and Mm -hmm. great Sonia moments but that's what makes Roni great it's always entertaining even if it doesn't always deliver on the drama and I have to say the Elise Ramona moment was juicy enough that we didn't need anything else I mean, truly. I mean, I did also have a little bit of a moment with Dorinda's party with the whole John situation, but we will get to that. Right. Let's start with the party because I feel like all we really need to talk about is the party. We'll touch on Luann very briefly and then we'll talk about Dorinda's birthday party. Um, so this Married to the Mob party looked super freaking cool. Like, I wanted to go. I hated... Um, Dorinda kind of like bashing everyone for wearing like cool clothes to the party. She's like, everyone's in sweats. Don't you dress up? Like, this is why I couldn't live downtown. It was like, girl, we're not going to be wearing G- Joseph's technical dream coat on my butt every freaking Wednesday when I could be wearing some athleisure sweats from Mary to the Bob and look fly as hell and probably get like a number or two at this party. <laughs> yeah. It's like Dorinda, uh, know where you're at and not, everything is going to be your style and your preference. When everyone comes to the party, it seems fine. We find out that Elise and Ramona haven't talked um, and that Ramona is like just doing the, the, what is typical Ramona, which is basically like evolving into or believing she's evolved into another friend group or above a certain person or situation. And then just chooses to remove herself completely from that that is lower than her in her own mind. Um, in this case, that is Elise. Uh, to the point where when Ramona shows up, ignores her, Elise goes up to her and is like, hey, are you not even going to say hello? And she's like, I don't know who you are. And keeps walking. Girl, just because you had your hair in the Mariah Carey best slicked back ponytail in one episode, <laughs> like a season or two ago, does not mean you are Mariah Carey. You can't be, I don't know her all J-Lo on Elise's ass. You know Elise. And you're no Mariah. I thought Ramona was a pop star. No, she thinks she's a pop icon. There's a difference. Oh, true. There is, I guess. Um, I don't know what's worse. If Ramona thought she was a pop star or Ramona actually thinking she's a pop icon. I don't know. You've got him right in front of you. You've got Ramona who thinks she's a pop icon. You've got Luann who thinks she's a pop, um, excuse me, cabaret star. So you take your choice. Ramona's worse. Um, and I know that's actually a controversial opinion. Yeah, because, like, let's be real. Luann, at the end of this episode, I would have said sayonara, bitch. 
<laughs> but we'll get into that. Ramona is the worst in so many ways. I mean, everything Elise said about her is 100% true. She is nefarious. She is a narcissist. She's an all-around terrible person. And Ramona's response to that being like, oh, you're so evil and whatever, she said. What made Elise evil exactly? That's like a pretty high charge for what? Like Elise's, I guess, only sin has been to maybe put Ramona a little bit into check. But actually, for the most part, as uh, Dorinda said, Elise has had the most amount of stockhouse disease. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> stockhouse disease corrected to stockhouse syndrome, really meaning Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Um, but Elise was actually defending Ramona the majority of the season. And Ramona has like turned on her for God knows why. I still don't even know why. I don't understand why she hates Elise. I mean, they've had this little Instagram beef where they've blocked each other and like Elise called her out a little bit. But Elise hasn't done anything that serious. The one thing I could think of is that I'm seeing a pattern with Ramona where she treats the newcomers extremely harshly. Yeah. Even if they were people that were previously in her life before the show. Yeah. She did the same thing to Barbara. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's doing the same thing to Elise. If I'm not mistaken, she treated Tinsley pretty terribly in her first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She basically didn't acknowledge Jules. Nope. And I'm starting to think that Ramona has a territorial issue. And... Uh- yeah. A jealousy issue as well. A jealousy issue, but I really think it's her getting territorial because she knows, like the rest of us, you can be let go from Housewives and all they need to do is find a replacement. And I think she views all the new additions as potential replacements, especially yeah. if they're younger, which is why I think she was also so hostile to Leah. Leah, yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, Ramona's always going to have this issue, and then she tries to play it as she's just trying to be a good friend. We'll see how this evolves with Elise in the next episode. Who knows if it even will? But, like, I'm just – just Ramona, one more season only as a villain, and then just take her out. Like, have someone destroy her. I'm so done with Ramona. Like, when she left that party, I was like, good. She doesn't need to be here anymore. She served a purpose of being a bratty little brat, and she can go and walk away. Like, like Leah said, she can go hang out with like some Upper East Sider friends at some other bar that she's gonna like cry her way into, like over it. Um, and then this is the second time this season where she's just ran away in the face of a confrontation. She did it at the Halloween party when Dorinda called her out, and it's like R- Ramona, stick around, actually face the music for once, you know, because she always has some excuse. She says, "Remember when she was like, oh, I can't have a conversation in front of friends." But then she yeah. wants to uh, call out Dorinda in a group text. The double standards. Um, she talks shit on everyone, especially Leah. And she does it very publicly. But then when you know someone wants to check Ramona, she just storms off. And this is after like a couple seasons of Ramona not being very present on the show. This was something we talked about a lot last yeah. season. She would show up to an event, leave five minutes later. She would have an excuse for that. It wasn't because she was in some sort of feud. Now she's the villain of the season and 
she can't be bothered to stick around for more than five minutes again. It's like, well, you got to be around to be on the cast too, Ramona. And I know she doesn't want to leave the cast. I'm sick of complaining about Ramona. Like, just fire her already. She doesn't want to be there anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Bring on Um, Leah's sister. She seems cool. Have her replace Ramona and find one of their friends to replace Dorinda. Boom. Leah, Leah's sister might have a starring role anyways. Looks like Sony wanted to marry her because she got 15% of the company. Toaster ovens and 15% of the company. What a, what a power couple. Sonia um, was not only loving all the guys at the party. She was also loving Leah's sister. Sonia was just having a grand old time. We love Sonia for this. Um, we, uh, speaking of, oh gosh, people having a grand old time. Let's talk about Luann really quick because I want to talk about her book. <laughs> If there's a book that should not be written, it's the book of Luann De La Sub's life. I am sorry. I understand it was a very, I guess, heartwarming moment for some of you watching her speak about her father. I, it was lovely, I guess. Um, I'm just, I just am over the Luann story. I even watched the Luann special, like how they became housewives, where it goes over her entire life, like how she got crabs in Italy, which is literally, you do not need to watch the special. All you need to know is Luann De La Sub's lived in Italy and got crabs. And that was a good five minute portion of the entire episode. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm just not going to read it. I'm not even going to like audiobook it. I really don't care. What's the angle um, on it? Because I don't think enough people care about an autobiography from Luann. Yeah, so what's the angle? Like Stassi's book wasn't even an autobiography because her whole book was like, I'm a basic person. But my shtick is that I own being basic and having Here's how taste. you can become, too. Yeah. Yeah, just own like, your taste and your interests. And this What's is Luann's angle here? And that's the thing is, like, she was pitching this as an autobiography. It felt like with the whole talk about her father, which I, you know, I love the story about he, you know, had trouble with alcohol. And then, you know, he turned his life around, you know, much like it's very mirrors Luann's own, own situation, which I thought was fantastic. But, like... She is so deluded that she thinks people want to read about her life story. Like, truly. It's great for like, Housewives. I'm, like, I want I wanted, to see that happen on Housewives. Yeah. I wanted to read Teresa's story, and I did read Teresa's story about, because you guys got it for me, about <laughs> turning tables, about her time in jail, because that is the story I want to read. Well, that's an angle. That's an angle. Exactly. That's an angle. I don't. I don't. Luann didn't spend enough time in jail to have that angle. Yeah. Luann, you already wrote a freaking book about who even knows. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> class. I'm now that's I'm an so angle. That's actually a take, yeah, right? She's like, going to tell you how countess, to be classy. But like what, like, like Bethany said, what makes her just a title? The expert on class. Expert on class. I'm sorry. I'm no, I agree. I, but at least that has a point of view. I'm realizing I'm getting more and more like Bethany every day. I'm turning into that type of Scorpio and it's truly coming out in the quarantine. It's Bethany Frankel is my quarantine, my Corona persona. That Mm. is who I am. My Corona persona is Bethany Frankel. And I'm just like, no, I don't get it. I'm not about it. And I'm not dealing with it. What's my Corona persona. I think my Corona persona is Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette. Oh, I love that though. Yeah. I love that. Is that mean Camille's Anna de Armas? (laughs) Wearing the mask over her nose, not her, not her mouth. Also We're better with the masks. I just lo- I love the photo of Ben Affleck looking miserable on the balcony. It's not even the mask photo. It's the photo. Of- it's just the one of him with smoking a stove. Yeah, with his like eyes half shut. He okay. looks like he's barely awake. It's that- better. Well, he- that's well, me. you know what? With the Bethany Frankel Corona persona, at least I'm like I feel like amplified. 
mm-hmm. you know? Right. Instead or of, the like, contrast need, here. Yeah, you need to flip yours so that it's something different. Um, we'll find we'll find an amplified Perona, Perona, Perona persona for you. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm done ranting about Luann because I don't even want to talk about her. We're going to have to talk about her next episode with her freaking stupid Mary F. Kill show that she oh, did in some wait. like back. She did some back house of some senior center, it looks like. Good for you. Uh, we can all rent a room. One of us is going to have with... to bite the bullet and read that book. And I'm nominating you. And it's not going to be me. I'm there, I, I can tell you I will burn every copy you put in my presence before I choose to read that. Um, speaking of burning things to the ground, credibility and romance with Dorinda. Um, she had her birthday party and decided to invite John. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about this. You don't like this. Okay. Let me set this up. We call Eddie the love doctor on this podcast. Yes. We have for years now, I want to say since the butter pop days. So this is going back three, four years. I'm very interested in this take. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the John Dorinda situation because you've had a lot of thoughts on John Dorinda for years now. You've been very yeah. invested in the anti-John movement. You've never been a Medesian fan, understandably so. He hasn't yeah. really put his best foot forward on camera. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Eddie the Love Doctor, what is your take on uh, this and how it portends to Dorinda's romantic life? Cut the cord. Clip, clip is all I got to say to Dorinda. My thing is, is I understand loving someone and wanting them to be in your life. But give it a year of being completely apart, completely not talking to kind of find yourselves again before coming back. Because when you're in a relationship and you have all these feelings and you're like, okay, we're broken up. We've moved apart. We're doing this thing. And then you keep conversing so soon to the breakup. All those feelings are still there. So like the feelings of like, Oh, we're family and we love each other are still getting mixed up with like the feelings of like, I love you as a partner. You know what I mean? And I feel like she has a lot of guilt and that guilt is not coming from, oh, I love John as, like, a family member now. It's like, oh, I feel guilty because we were in love and I still owe him so much. And I feel, you know, I took me away from him and that's devastating to him. So I've got to give him me back to make it feel like it's okay because I do care about him. And my but what, but what has she done to display that? What has she done what to indicate mean? that she feels guilty? By inviting him to the birthday dinner and saying, well, I would feel so bad if I, it would be so mean to John if I didn't invite him. Girl, you broke up with him less than six months ago. Fair enough. That's a good point. She did say that. I, 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 I've broken up people literally two weeks before my birthday and did not invite him to my birthday party. And still was like, but still had feelings. Those weren't amicable. Were they? What do you mean? I mean, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, not really. Not no. really. But like, at the same time. <laughs> But at the same time, but at the same time, well, like, but the thing is, is like, I think it is okay. I think you can be friends with your exes, but I think you need to have clear boundaries at, in, in at least, I want to say a year to two year, like period. I, you believe in the buffer ex- time. I believe buffer in period. the buffer okay. from someone with, as someone with experience, you know, I did never had that buffer and that buffer literally that line was crossed so many freaking times and you were there for a lot of them and you know that um but you understand 
But like without that buffer, and I finally have given myself that buffer, right? I finally feel like I'm okay again. And I feel like Dorinda hasn't given herself that. And that's why. Right. I think it was just stupid. I think it was stupid of her. And I think all of her friends were like, and her sister even being like, Dorinda, maybe think twice about this because it's leading John on as well. Because regardless of how Dorinda feels and like how she loves him, John clearly by accepting the invitation is like, yeah, I'm still into this too. You know what I mean? And it's leading him on. I don't know and if I he's still into John. having a relationship. Who knows? But I'll just say this. He was trying to get laid that night. Yes, he was into fucking he was... screwing Dorinda. <laughs> I love that you couldn't say fucking. Um, That's all he wanted. He was, was calling her food. honey. He was kissing on her. Yes. Oh, he was trying to get laid. He the made that whole big speech. Blurred. That's for sure. But I don't know if that means he wants to get back with her. You could want to get laid and not back necessarily. Back for one night, back for a few. Right. Getting back together is back. And I think if Dorinda truly wants to move on from Richard and move on from John, she needs to get a buffer. I think you found catharsis through your buffers, right? Yes. But I think the contrast here with Dorinda is that Dorinda feels like John is family. Would, yeah. would you have said that about any of your exes? That they're family? I have. And that's what's really? crazy. Okay. But like that's that was a skewed position and idea because the idea of love was skewed because I still cared about them, but I couldn't care about them in a romantic way. So I was like, well, what's the next closest thing of having like this unconditional love for someone? Oh, it's like a family member. They're like family to me. So it's just trying to replace that feeling of love in another form that is familiar while still holding that boundary because you're still feeling those same feelings, but you're like, okay, now I have to put up a wall because it can't be a romantic feeling anymore. So it's like, okay, so now I'm just going to consider them family. So I can still have that feeling of love for them. But like, just by changing the words, it, it fits and I'm okay. I'm allowed to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do think it's important to acknowledge John and Dorinda's history though. I do agree. John was there for Dorinda while she was grieving Richard. And Dorinda said, I think in season seven, her first season, she said, John is such a special person because John allows me to cry over Richard. And he'll yeah. even join me in crying over Richard. And I know I've said this so many times, but that's a special thing. Yeah. Because not a lot of new boyfriends would be that hyped about, you know, their girlfriend mourning and crying over a guy. And I get it. It's different because, you know, Dorinda was married and, you know, he died prematurely and i think as a boyfriend you you of course are very, going to be very supportive but there's a reason why dorinda acknowledged that in that moment as something that was very special no. to her and something no. that's extraordinary because not a lot of people do that or want to do it willingly for right. a long period and no. john and did that and dorinda never stopped talking about richard and always said richard was my number one and john was okay with that and i think that bond that they had and john's acceptance of where richard placed in her heart i think that's what made him family to her because i think dorinda had this trust of john like john loved me i was the number one for him but he was okay with being the number two in my life because we just had this different kind of bond no and i 100 percent agree with that but also if she wants to actually have that relationship with him 
then she needs to make that very clear because like we said, the lines were blurred tonight because he was trying to get in her pants. Right, because he's still sexually attracted to exactly, her. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so that's also why we need to like have the buffer. Maybe she wanted to get laid too. It's her birthday. You know what? Then you know what? Then she's allowed to do whatever she wants. Yeah. But if she's going to say one thing and do another, I'm going to call her out. Um, but it's not, that's, I mean, we only got one more episode with her. Um, I think I we know, mentioned it all. No, that's nuts. That's crazy. Shout out to we'll Dorinda. We'll the reunion. We love her. Guys, if you want to make sure you don't miss what happens on the finale and what, how Dorinda's story ends, make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on social media, we are too. Search for us by looking up at H-O-T-N-B-R-A-V-O-D. That's hot in Bravo. You can find me on social media by searching at Eddie underscore Estrada. Armin, is there anything else you want to add? I do want to say that we did a farewell to Dorinda episode on our Patreon. That's where we put out exclusive content. So if you want to hear our extended thoughts on Dorinda leaving, support us on Patreon. We'd be really appreciative of that. And you'll get access to so many bonus episodes. I think we have over 60 on there already in the catalog. And we do an exclusive episode weekly. So go to patreon.com backslash hot and bravo and check that out. And I also want to plug Holly Shook. It's another podcast that I do with Ryan Alkire. He did the Vanderpump Rules recaps with me this season. And we talk about celebrity scandals on there, both historic and current. And Ryan just did a deep dive on the Glee cast curse. And that episode was intense. Uh, and I think some of y'all may be interested in that. So uh, check that out. Holly Shook on every single podcast platform. And we will see you guys next time. Adios.